It's heavy hitters. Mitchell Smedley. I am Jack Heim. Oh my goodness, it's great to be here on this Wednesday. Isn't it? Afternoon. So much to talk about. Week Big two week. college football. NFL season. One day away from kicking off tomorrow night in Kansas City, Missouri, between the Chiefs and the Lions. We'll preview that game and give our thoughts on what we think are about the upcoming season. So much to be excited about, in my opinion, the peak uh, sports season here with baseball season winding down, final month of the exciting regular season before playoffs roll around, and of course, football is back. Mitch, hey buddy, so ready to talk about it, and you know, could I be more glad that you're the one here with me that I'm Thank doing it you. with? Thank so. you. Oh man, I feel the same ish way. No. Wow. <laughs> yeah, no, way to repay, way to repay the compliment, buddy. I gotta say, as great as it is to be with you, it is even better to be with all of the listeners out there. Thank Bingo. you so much for joining us on this Wednesday evening, 5 o'clock on the East Coast. We got a bunch of sports to talk about today. I was about to say something that cannot be said. We do. <laughs> we, we do have a bunch of sports. We have a bunch. Uh, by the way, real quick, uh, if you want to give some feedback on the show, make sure to follow us on Instagram at heavyhitterskur. You can leave your feedback there uh, by DMing us, you know, what you want us to talk about. More or less, uh, or any, any thoughts about the show are appreciated. Uh, so go follow us over there. It would be very, very much appreciated by both of us. But without further ado, let's get into it. Got to start off college football recap. What happened on Monday night? Clemson and Duke met in Durham, North Carolina, and did not have the result that I, am I expected. So sorry. It's okay, buddy. Um, you know, that's why we prepare by putting our phones on vibrate usually. No, so I did. Like, you can check the switch stuff, but I'm wearing my Apple Watch today. Oh, okay. So it rang on the watch. and uh, Gotcha. So I guess I guess the I guess it doesn't care that it's on silent if you're wearing your watch. I guess not. I don't this know is, if you could put your watch on silent. I'm not. There's got to be a way to do that, right? Yeah. So I don't know. I'm it's above my pay grade. I just hope he doesn't call back. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna have my hand on the button. I'm gonna have my hand on. I imagine actually, I'm gonna put my watch out in the lobby while you talk about Duke Clemson. All right. Well, Mitchell, rejoin us momentarily. Duke and Clemson, final score, Duke 28, Clemson 7. Not what I thought this game was going to look like at all. Uh, I said on the show on Monday that I think Garrett Riley is going to get this Clemson offense rolling. I think they'll get off to a good start. Yeah, that was not the case whatsoever. Uh, this offense really struggled to, to get any points up on the board, as you could probably imagine by them only scoring 7. But so much concern. I mean, they looked brutal. And when you have the roster that Clemson has, you shouldn't you shouldn't lose that bad to a team that has the roster that Duke has. And no, this is no slight at Duke. Duke's a good team, and Mike, what Mike Elko has done there in his short time with the Blue Devils has been remarkable. A nine win season last year, they really popped up out of nowhere, and has you know that team is a great quarterback and Riley Leonard, who I'll talk about a little bit further on in the show. But for me, just it, it's can't be understated that Clemson has definitely slipped. Yes, they were number nine. Yes, they have a lot of talent on that roster, but I think their neglect and mindful non-usage of the transfer portal has been exposed, especially in this game. Clemson coming into the game, 56 four and five-star recruits, aka blue chippers, on their roster. Duke had two. Oh, man. And when you outnumber an opponent by that much with that much talent I don't care if your opponent's throwing their, their their best game at you. I don't care if they're giving you the best they can possibly give. You should be able to give 
an above average game, you know, if we're grading on a scale, maybe a B minus and be able to get out of there with a win. Clemson was unable to do that. I don't think they played B minus football on Monday night. I truly don't believe they did. Uh, that offense, especially their receiver room, I mentioned that as a possible concern. I, I said Garrett Riley could scheme those receivers open and make it easier for Kate Klubnick. That clearly wasn't the case uh, in Monday's night and Monday night's game. That can that happen over the course of the season? Maybe when you have a great offensive line, offensive mind like Riley there for Clemson. I think that's certainly a possibility, but didn't happen on Monday. They're now zero and one, and Clemson essentially has to run the table and win the ACC if they want any shot at the playoffs. They have to go twelve and one, win the ACC title over a very talented Florida State team, who I think will be there in Charlotte. When the season's over, but again, it's college football, and as we saw over this past weekend, uh, anything can happen, especially in this sport. I think you know anything can happen in any sport. Upsets happen, but I feel like in college, it's just there's so much that you can't foresee. So it's just it, it truly is wild. But Clemson, an utterly baffling loss. Dabo Swinney in his, in his post game presser said this is the weirdest college football game he's ever been a part of, and it was a bizarre game. I mean. Clemson in the second half did not punt the football, but didn't score a single point. That's crazy. Like, like isn't that wild? It's an amazing stat. That is. It truly just shows how, you know, Duke's defense bend but don't break. Uh, and they they played that style all night, and they and they really didn't. I mean, and also when you think of an upset of this magnitude, you think of the turnover battle. You know, think about games that we've seen in the past. Teams that top teams who have fallen, like Ohio State and Purdue. Ohio State turned the ball over a multitude of times in that game. This one, Clemson was only minus one in turnovers. They had three turnovers. Duke had two. So the turnover battle, yes, it played a factor. Clemson was was minus one there, but not as much as you would have so thought. Clemson did have a uh, huge turnover though. Down at what, like the, the yeah one? inside the five. Yeah, one they or fumbled two yard it. Line? Duke scooped it up, ran it all the way back inside Clemson territory. Yep, which took the wind out of their. And that was sales. still relatively close. Yeah, at the start of the fourth quarter. Yeah, so that was the uh, the metaphorical nail in the coffin to me. Your anyway. co-hosts were uh, actually uh, on the phone on the phone for that. Yeah, moment. Yes, we were. Jack gave a wonderful play by play of it. Yeah, I did. Thanks, buddy. I actually did. Thank you. You did really well. Thank you. 35-40, 45, midfield, Klubnik the last man, and he gets him inside the 35. Yeah, that was was an electric play, that that Duke crowd roar. They they stormed the field after that win, rightfully so, beating a top-10 team on your home field. Yeah, it's a big, big win. By the way, I I know a lot of the talk has been predominantly about Clemson, but tip of the cap. I mentioned Mike Elko and what he's done there, but, I mean, huge win. This is a huge, huge win for... For Duke and that program, a team that's really been an afterthought in the ACC for so many years. But, I mean, what a job he's done. I think he might get some big-time job offers at the season's end if if a big-time offering opens up. And I'm not saying that's a guarantee, but Elko is one of the bright young coaches, I think, in the country. Uh, was formerly with Texas A&M, I believe, as their defensive coordinator before going to Duke. So, good for Elko. Great job he's done there. If I'm Duke, I'm looking to get him extended long-term, but... Uh, if somebody comes paying in the big bucks, I would not be surprised to see him go. But that the talk should be about that right now. Circling back to Clemson, another big stat. Tigers did not get a sack in this game. First time in 45 games that's happened for Clemson. Wow. When you think of Clemson, when, when, when they were in their prime, you thought of talent all over the field, elite in practically every positional group, but especially on that defensive line, you knew they would more than likely impose their will on you. That didn't happen tonight. 
And really, when I look at this Clemson team, I don't see a whole lot of elite positional groups. Quarterback, there's question marks about Kate Klubnick. I, I think that's more than warranted. And I'm not saying Klubnick's a bad player, but he was under duress all night. That offensive line didn't look great. So I'm not going to put all the blame on him. Uh, and it's tough to look good when you're getting faced with pressure all night long. Wide receivers, I mentioned how that group is very, very shaky. I think running back's the only position where they truly have a lockdown. Will Shipley's a truly elite back. Phil Moffa behind him is pretty decent. So running back, they're, they're solid there. Offensive line, I mentioned, not what we were used to seeing from Clemson under the Dabo Sweeney tenure, and, and under the Sweeney era, I should say. Defense, it's good. It's not elite in my mind, like we've seen from past Clemson teams. So really, where does Clemson go from here? I'm not saying the season's over. They're still very well a shot that this team wins double-digit games. They just have more talent than a lot of the other teams on their schedule. But I think we might see what Alabama went through last year, which is a lot of tight games against teams that you really wouldn't expect them to be tight against. And Clemson, I think, is truly at a crossroads as a program. Dabo Sweeney, I mentioned their, their lack of usage in the transfer portal earlier. For Dabo Sweeney, it's either adapt and start going into the transfer portal, despite his distaste for the portal era. He has mentioned on numerous occasions how he does not like to transfer portal, and he went on and on about that. For Sweeney, it's either adapt to the current times of college football, which is you can still heavily and should heavily recruit the high school ranks, but go into the transfer portal to shore up your roster, or continue to neglect the portal and see your program fall further and further behind as the years go on. It's up to Sweeney. It's up to Clemson how they run their program. I'm not going to tell them what to do. Uh, but the bar at Clemson is different now that Sweeney's been there and done what he's done there and winning multiple national championships. So those fa- th- that fan base and, and this conference being ACC's perception of Clemson is entirely different. They, they are now perceived as an elite college football program. But it's up to Sweeney ultimately what he does. I think it's either he adapts and uses the portal or retires and walks away from the game of college football as a coach. I truly think that's where we're at for him and the, and the Tigers. So, well, sometimes the sport just passes somebody by. That's that's true too. Sometimes but I don't th- the times I, just change. I don't think I don't think Sweeney's in that camp. No, he's still I, a very I don't good, think so. he's still a very good coach. I think he could still very well win in this era, but he has to adapt. It it has to change for him. The way they won their national championships is not the recipe for fully winning anymore. For sure, you could be a good program. He won't be a great program. Exactly. If if you're content with making a bowl game, winning eight games, and that that's fine with this current with this current you know mentality at Clemson. But if you want to compete for national championships and want to do what you did a couple years ago, not far off 2018, they won it over Alabama with that Hunter Renfro last second catch. Then, then you have to use the portal. There's no other way about it. And I'm not saying only use the portal, but use it as a tactical tool to your advantage. Before we get back into it, though, real quick from the KUR Notebook, uh, want to join a fun campus club? Join KUR. Fun events, great friends, and an opportunity to play your favorite tunes await. Email KUR at kutztown.edu. That's KUR at kutztown.edu for more information. This message of community interest is brought to you by the Radio Voice of Kutztown University, KUR. If you're looking for meeting information, we meet Tuesdays, 11 a.m. every week in Sheridan, uh, room 120. That's correct. I'll be there. That's the art building. That should be for enough for you to those aren't. come on out. Yes. I want to see your favorite sports talk show See your show favorite hosts. Mitchie. Yeah, your favorite Mitchie. So. I like that. All right. Just your average Mitchie making his way through a Wednesday evening. One more note on Clemson before we move on. Sure. Is coaching an issue for Clemson? Not, not Dabo Sweeney, but the, the people surrounding Sweeney at the program. Maybe the coordinators, maybe support staff, maybe some of the other people that are involved there. 
it doesn't feel like when the players step on this Clemson campus anymore, they have the same effect as they did a couple years ago. Maybe I'm wrong, especially a quarterback. You know, DJ was a five-star kid, came to Clemson, and just it just never worked out, right? And they moved on from offensive coordinator, Gary Riley's here. And I'm not going to judge his, his tenure as a coordinator based off one game. I'm not going to leap and make that overreaction. I think there's plenty of time to him for him to iron it out at Clemson and then be a team that can be a high-powered offense. But I'm not – what I saw on Monday night was a team that is not going to make that leap. Well, when you, have a, when you have a Davo Sweeney, such a household name at the top, it can be hard to have any uh, real dissent. It can be hard to have anyone saying like, hey, I think we should go a different direction um, when he's kind of, you know, had everything set in stone for such a long time. It can be hard to have that change and that natural progression of things over time. No, yes, but what I'm saying is like Alabama, like they, they've had to change their coordinators quite often. In the same era, whether his whether the coordinators or people behind the coordinators that don't really get talked about in the national spotlight get hired away, and they have to fill in those fill yep. in those roles. It feels like Saban's able to get guys who can be just a okay, right? Right. And, and that comes in, down to I think the difference between Saban and Sweeney, which is obviously that uh, Sweeney doesn't have the the people skills. It would appear that. Maybe Saban has. Maybe Sweeney is stuck in, like we just talked about, he's stuck in his old, you know, uh, practices for the for the franchise, not franchise, but the program. Yeah. Um, and maybe he's hiring people that are that are similar to that, that aren't going to give him that new that new perspective on things, that aren't going to um, really change anything. That he can, you know, maybe for lack of a better word, is he just hiring puppets? Is he hiring people that, you know? Not the right fits. Yeah, not the right fits. People that don't connect with players well enough. Uh, Stuff like you're saying. So, I mean, it's also, I mean, Florida State is really, for the first time in a while, like the first team to play catch up in this conference to Clemson in years, right? I mean, do you see teams pop up? You know, Pitt's been there. Wake Forest has been there. NC State's shown flashes. Like, teams have shown flashes. Miami had had a really good year. So, like, you've seen teams blip up on the radar and, you know, get up near Clemson, but then fall down. Yep. But Florida State, it really feels like they're the first team in quite some time to get up to Clemson's level and feel like they can stay up at the top, uh, you know, and threaten Clemson at the top of this conference for the first time in what seems like almost a decade. But, you know, I feel like for Clemson here, a phrase really rings true. Sometimes you are your own worst enemy. For sure. And it feels like Clemson being stuck in their own ways has really come back and I'm not saying they can't recover from this. I'm not saying Swinney's in a spot where he just is stuck in the mud and sinking in the quicksand and can't get out. I, I sure. think it's a I long season. It's a long season, and I'm not going to write it off. But I'm also looking into the future a little bit here. If they can change their philosophy just a little bit, not not sacrifice all your values. And I do respect Dabo for sticking to his morals a little bit here. I mean, he's going to get dogged for that. I do respect a man who can stand in and stay aligned with his morals for sure. But it's just. In terms of being a good college coach, and really in any profession, sometimes you got to do things you don't like to do. Some things you don't agree with, you got to do it, though. It's part of the job. Exactly. So, I mean, if he's really trying to put Clemson's best interest at the forefront here, you got to swallow your pride and and do something that you're not in agreement with, and that's go hit the transfer portal. That's really the the big uh, the big overlying point for me here. For so. sure, couldn't agree more. All right. Well, that is actually going to take us to our first break. I spent a little bit more time than I would have liked to talk about Clemson, but it needed to be said, I think, because this is a program that's in a bit of a 
peculiar situation, I, I would label it as. So we'll see where they go from here. If they get a Charleston Southern next week, that's a mop-up game uh, at home. They'll get Florida State at the end of September, on uh, September 24th. So a couple weeks off from that big matchup in Death Valley uh, up in South Carolina. So that's one we'll certainly preview uh, a couple weeks down the line. But Clemson have a couple weeks to try to iron some things out before they meet FSU. When we come back, we will shift our focus, uh, talking about a little bit of Week 2 preview. Uh, pardon me. And then we will talk about uh, all things NFL. Uh, Thursday night game preview, Lions and Chiefs uh, at Arrowhead. And then we'll give our season predictions, uh, division winners, uh, maybe Super Bowl predictions if you're feeling a little frisky. Eagles. Uh, so we'll talk about all that and more. <laughs> Plenty of time left in the show. So don't go anywhere. We'll be back momentarily here on Heavy Hitters on the radio voice of Kutztown University, KUR Kutztown. And welcome back into Heavy Hitters. Mitchell Smedley, Jack Heim, with you on this Wednesday evening. Uh, just before we went to break, Bryce Harper and the Philadelphia Phillies are currently playing the San Diego Padres. And Bryce Harper with a two-run double puts the Phils up 3-0. Schwarber led off the game with his 41st home run of the season. Phils up 3-0, I believe, in the fourth inning. Uh, looking to take the series in San Diego. Ah, taking a series from the Padres. I remember doing that. That was one of the best weeks weekends of my life. But uh, I digress. I digress. If, uh, by the way, Jack, if you couldn't hear it in my voice already, I am. Uh, I have some whatever weird allergies, sickness on the way out. So sorry if I'm a little nasally today, buddy. It's all good. Yeah. Got to deal with what you got to deal with, you know. Yeah. Sunday. I don't know if I talked about this on uh, Monday show. Sunday, I did not leave my apartment. I, I think you like, did say that on the Monday bed show. Bed ridden. Yeah. Bed ridden. Yep. I was put to bed like the San Diego Padres. Even though they shellacked the Phillies seven nothing last night, yeah, that wasn't fun. So that was not fun. All right, well, we are going to get right into week two college football preview, talking about some of the more marquee matchups on the slate uh, for this weekend. I'm going to start off by talking about a little bit of games that I would have done a more deeper dive into if they had some more meaning to it. Number twelve Utah goes to Waco, Texas, taking on Baylor, and if Baylor would have done what they were supposed to do and Win over Texas State. By the way, they were 27.5-point favorites in that game. They lost by 11 at home, oh 42-31 to Texas State wow. out of the Sun Belt. So, a little unfortunate for, for Baylor, but now that, that kind of you know sucks the wind out of the sails for, for that Utah game. Well, the big question for me, will Cam Rising be available for Utah? We saw what they looked like last week against Florida with Bryson Barnes and the combination of Nate Johnson, a quarterback for the Utes. And it was enough to get by Florida because their defense played well enough. But is it going to be enough to do what they did against Baylor? I'm not sure. Dave Aranda, a good defensive coach. I'm not sure he's the person I'll Baylor to, you know, kind of execute what he wants to fully do. Uh, and they're another team who I think should have used the transfer portal a little bit more, failed to do so. And I think it's, you know, hurting them a little bit now. On You know, we'll see if Aranda can make the necessary changes there to kind of turn things around with the Bears, a team who won the uh, Big 12 championship a couple years ago, beating Oklahoma State. But for this game, um, did, did the Utes just score enough points to win? That's the thing. They are an eight-point favorite, and I think that's going to factor in if Rising is going to play. But if he doesn't play, Baylor is a better team in my mind than Florida. Better coached, just all around, in my opinion, better Shapen, I think, is a more consistent quarterback than Mertz, who's trying to learn a new system. Is Utah 
going to be able to scheme enough things open, especially in the passing game. I think they'll be able to run the ball fine. That's where their strength is. They're physical up front. I think they can run the football well with with uh, Bernard, you know, and, and their plethora of tailbacks. But passing, can, can they get enough done through the air to win? And that's where I'm really struggling to say yes to that question. So I think if Rising is is going to play, I think the Utes will win. But if it's Barnes, I don't know if I see as clear of a path for the Utes to get out of Waco with a win. I mean, again, Baylor's not the the best team out there, but I think they're capable enough to where they can get to get oh my goodness to get a win at home. I think they'll win either way. I think uh, they'll win either way. Yeah, I, I feel confident. I, I'm not impressed by <laughs> Baylor's first game of the. I mean, yeah, I'm not either. There, so I think uh, until they prove that they can win, uh, they're not going to. So. so. That's, that's just my take on it. I think Utah should be in pretty good shape. Well, we're going to take a deep dive in this one. Okay. Nebraska, Colorado. Yeah. Boulder, I'm Colorado. I'm excited for this. Boulder, Colorado has got to be one of the most exciting places in America in the college football landscape right now. Yeah, you would think. All the hype there after their big win over TCU, Coach Prime, Shadur Sanders going over 500 yards. Dylan Mitch's Edwards. boy, Dylan Edwards. Oh, yep, yeah. I was getting to that. So, had three touchdowns. For for Colorado in their first game, was it three or four? I know I think he I think it was three. three. You see, after he scored his third, he walked up to his teammate. He goes one, two, three. I love it. Yes, I love so, it. Edwards, yeah, he had no. I think he had four. Yeah, he had a rushing touchdown and he had three receiving. So oh, okay, four total touchdowns four for Dylan total. Edwards in his Buffs debut. The true freshman, formerly committed to the Fighting Irish, uh, coming out of Kansas, could not have started his college career better. Do. I, I don't think Colorado's going to have a letdown game here. No, me neither. But this game used to mean so much. Nebraska-Colorado. Back in, I'd say, the, you know, especially the 90s. You could say early 2000s. But the juice behind this game used to mean so much more than it does now. But I think we're getting back to a point with both of these coaches leading their respective programs that I think... It's going to mean a lot in a couple of years. But Colorado, I think, is well more suited to be on a fast track to success comparatively to Nebraska. What Dion's done is unprecedented in the college game, completely overhauling and flipping a roster in one offseason via the transfer portal. Colorado used the portal like nobody else has before, and it paid dividends in week one, especially with the offense. For Nebraska, Matt Rule, I went on a you know a talk on Monday about it. It's going to take, a t- it's going to take time. Nebraska can't really afford to cut corners. They can't afford to to mass purge the roster. It's a different spot. Every program, every situation is unique across America, and every coach feels like they should handle the program differently. And then that's 100% fair. But for this game, Nebraska's offense looked putrid against Minnesota. 10 points. They scored one touchdown. Um, Jeff Sims could not find any consistency through the air. They showed some flashes on the ground with Anthony Grant. But, I mean, if, if I'm picking a winner of this game, I'm going Colorado. They're three-point favorites. I think they'll be able to do enough against this Nebraska defense where they'll be able to out-athlete them. I think totally Sugar agree. Sanders is, by miles, the better quarterback. I think Edwards is a great running back. Travis Hunter, what he did, what he did on both sides of the oh, ball in that man. TCU game, ooh, that He's was incredible. So Here's the thing with Hunter, uh, with Hunter, though. I mean, do you think they should keep playing him on both sides of the ball? you think he's going to get worn down? I think they should limit his snap count on both sides. I mean, he played, what, over 100 snaps, I think, combined? For sure, yep. So, yes, he's probably... You know the best. He's the best player after defensively. I would more utilize him defensively because that's where Colorado needs yep. him more. They had multiple receivers go over hundred yards. Exactly. They, they, had they, like have, they have Jimmy Horn. Yep. They have they have a bunch of other guys. They can even use Edwards, who went over hundred as a receiver. Three uh, receiving so, touchdowns. 
Did yeah. you see? So I saw uh, one sort of stat. I think he had like 259 like receiving yards, and I think like 235 of them came uh, after contact or something. Yeah, like they came uh, after or after the catch. I think it was came mm-hmm. after the catch. Mm-hmm. So catching some short passes. Some short passes and turning them into big plays, by the way. Just a side note on Edwards. But, yeah, the Hunter thing, I would definitely uh, more so relegate him to defense. Uh, offense in, like, big spots, if that makes sense. Yeah. I mean, I'd still play him, you know, a decent amount on offense. But yeah. I'm not putting him out there, like, every drive. Yeah. In terms of, like, every sets of downs, he's out there two, three plays. Like, I put him out there one, maybe two every yeah. set of downs, and then take him out, give him a breather. Because you don't want to wear the kid down. I mean, it's a long season. And, and you long know, season, hopefully a long Football's a physical career. game. Yeah. So what this kid's doing is special, for sure. I mean, he is absolutely playing out of his mind, playing lights out on the field. And, we, you know, only see him one week, but he's going to do this over the course of the season. This kid was the number one overall recruit in the 2021 class for a reason. So we're only, you know, we're fully seeing his capabilities on display now at Colorado. But yes, I mean, they have more talented receiver than they do corner. Travis Hunter is the best corner on the field for, for Colorado week in, week out, and I think they need him more defensively. So if we're asking that question, he is more needed on defense and offense, but he's a luxury and a privilege to have play both sides of the ball because sure. he's a lead at both. For sure. So real quick before we move on, we are actually going to step aside just briefly, get a uh, updated traffic report uh, here at the 30-minute mark of hour number one here on Heavy Hitters. We'll be back momentarily. Accident in the Lehigh Valley on 78 eastbound approaching 412. No accidents. Berks County, 222 or 422. Schuylkill County, 209 or 309. Carbon County, 248 or 443 are on the turnpike. The 69 News Traffic Center tip line is 610-820-1111. That's the latest from the 69 News Traffic Center. Back here rolling on hour number one of heavy hitters here on the radio voice of Kutztown University, KUR. Jack, I'm Mitchell Smith. talking all things college football week two. We were talking Nebraska-Colorado. This rivalry used to hold so much weight, you know, a time ago, but that's not the case here in 2023. We hope it can get back there. We think both of these coaches are, well, Coach Prime already showing he's leading the buffs in the right direction. Tough loss for Nebraska in week one, but we ultimately believe Matt Rule will get the Huskers on the right track. It's just going to take a little bit more time. Colorado favored by three. We think they'll win. We think the offense will put up a solid amount of points. Only concern I have is the natural run game for, for Colorado could not do much of anything against TCU. I'm concerned in one sense that if they can't run the ball, the defense will figure it out and just play the pass, right? Yep, you would have to think. They couldn't run anything. They It was it was not worth The middle just seemed like, you know, yeah, traffic they, jam. Yeah, they got... Interior offensive line got bullied. Yeah, when, yeah when they the tried offensive to run line was not up to the task. So we mentioned on the Monday show they had 1.6 yards per carry in their That's, opening game. Oh like, man, you're not going to be able to do that the whole season, win every game. It's just not going to happen. Yeah, and I understand TCU is a more talented team than Nebraska, but the Big Ten style football they play physical up front, especially in the trenches, offensive and defensive lines wise, and. I'm interested to see how that plays a factor in this game. I think that's the one big matchup. If Colorado able to throw for 510 yards, you're not gonna. That's not the style every game's gonna be. And Nebraska's not gonna be a team who's gonna go exchange scores with you up and down the field. That's just not who Nebraska is. So, you know, what do we see out of this Colorado offense? Do we see them blitz them? Do we see them, you know, play a little bit more of a, a calmer style game? 
I think it's two teams at opposite tempos. Uh, Nebraska's looking to slow the game down, play a little bit slower, be more methodical. But as we saw with Colorado last week, they love to, you know, ramp up the tempo and uh, wear out that defense quite fast. Yeah, they so. like to gas you up. They like to throw it, you know, down the yeah, field. Exactly. They like to run quickly. They like to, you know, run some. No, not tri- let you sub trickery. players off. Yeah, so. they like to make it uh, very fast paced. So really, the battle of the tempo is going to tell you a lot about who's winning this game. Is exactly. Colorado going to make it into their sort of game? Uh, you know, is Nebraska going to be able to uh, to slow things down, make Colorado Colorado spend a lot more time thinking and, and plotting, which is what Nebraska wants, because then it becomes a more physical battle. Yes, exactly. Agreed. Agreed, Mr. Smedley. So we, I think we both got Colorado taking this one. Yes, I got them by, I'll say by 10. I'm not going to give a certain amount, but they're favored by three. If they win, they cover. I'll give you that. All right, moving along down our list. Already mentioned Clemson. They got a mop-up game. Charleston Southern, they should win that. Top 25 showdown in uh, New Orleans. Tulane, the Green Wave, hosting the number 20th ranked Ole Miss Rebels. Both teams coming at 1-0. Ole Miss, seven-point favorites. Can Lane Kiffin and Ole Miss get, another, uh, get a top 25 win early in the season? They're going to get Alabama in Tuscaloosa in a couple weeks. That should be a fun one. But for now, Tulane blew up last year, right? Ty J. Spears, such a talented back. Uh, their quarterback, Michael Pratt, he is back this year. 294 yards in their first game was a huge part of why Tulane was so successful last year and why they beat USC in the Cotton Bowl. But what do we see in this game? This is an SEC team versus a group of five team. Usually when these two groups get on the field, it doesn't go well for the group of five team being Tulane just because the SEC team has much more athletes and blue-chip prospects and this, that, and the other thing. I'm not sure what to make of this game, really. I am, you know, Ole Miss, quarterback-wise, still trying to figure it out. I think Jackson Dart is starting the season for them. He had 334 yards in their first game, four touchdowns on 18-23 passing as they absolutely blitzed, I mean, and ran Mercer off the field 73-7. Spencer Sanders, the backup there at Ole Miss, he was a starter for years on end at Oklahoma State and transferred to the Rebels. I don't know what Kiffin told him. But if I'm a transfer and I'm a senior, why would I transfer to a place where I'm not even guaranteed to start? Yeah, that's an odd decision. So that's just my humble opinion. It's not like Sanders played bad, 8-14, 134 yards, two touchdowns. But I don't know. I don't know what to make of this almost team. You know the offense is going to put up their, put up theirs. It's just whether that defense is going to be able to stop Tulane at all. And that's my question. That, that truly is my question. It's going to be a high-scoring game in my mind. I don't see a way. I don't see a shot. Uh, that this game is going to be low scoring, just especially, you know, the kind of coach Lane Kiffin is. It's offense, 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 push the needle, get it downfield and score. And Tulane, they're offensively capable too. I mean, we saw last year against USC, they put up plenty of points. So uh, give me give me almost a win, but Tulane to cover. I think, I think it's a close game. Uh, give me Ole Miss to win, Ole Miss to cover. Okay. Another intriguing matchup. We're not going to deep dive into this one. Texas A&M and Miami. These teams met in College Station, College Station last year. A&M won a close one. But what does this matchup make this time around? I'm interested in the coaches in this one. Jimbo Fisher, Mario Cristobal. I think a lot ride on this game for both of these guys. Jimbo is the pressures on him in Texas A&M. Probably one of the hottest seats in America. If, uh, if Texas A&M underachieves this year, I think they're very well inclined to get him out the door despite his lucrative coaching contract. They got Bobby Petrino's EOC there for the Aggies. Offense looked really good in week one, but what if it reverts back to the offensive pass for Texas A&M? 
that spells bad news in my mind for them. Mario Cristobal, rough first year in Miami. Better expectations with a more generous schedule in year two. This would be a big win for him in Miami at home. I know they don't really have that home atmosphere because they play at the Dolphin Stadium, Hard Rock Stadium in Miami. So it's not really on the campus. They can't really get it rocking on like other teams in co- in the college game. So I'm just more intrigued to see what the talk of these coaches is after this matchup. I think the pressure more so is on Jimbo. I mean, for Cristobal, it would be just another, you know, another thorn in his side, another setback. But yeah, I, the talk about these coaches is going to be huge after this one for sure. Battle of the Cyhawk, Iowa-Iowa State. Always a fun rivalry there in the Midwest going on this weekend. So might be keen on that one. Iowa State, not as uh, formidable as your passenger, Matt Campbell. Uh, but Kay McNamara and Kirk Ferentz and the Hawkeyes didn't look too horrible in week one. Offense put up 24, and for Iowa, that's good news. So, again, this kind of looks like a traditional Iowa team. Moving along down the list, one more game I think I really want to touch upon uh, before we fully move on. Not a lot of great games this weekend. Is it the Roll Tide? One more to look out for, though, before we get to that one, Mitch. Oregon, Texas Tech, and Lubbock. Man, this would have had so much more hype if Texas Tech didn't get upset by Wyoming this past weekend. (laughs) That's similar to the uh, Baylor thing. Yeah. So, that just kind of takes it out for me, but yeah, Texas Tech was my pick to beat Texas in the Big 12 title game. Uh, That's not looking too hot right now. Ooh. Yeah. Big 12 so wide open, though, so that's why. I mean, honestly, it's an out-of-conference game, so it doesn't really even affect them. They still could get there. They just have to find their form a little bit. Got to do it the hard way. Yeah, exactly. So, All right, Texas-Alabama, the big preview game before we go to our break. Before we look at this year's game between these two teams in Tuscaloosa, let's take a look back to last year's game and what it looked like in Austin, Texas, between the Horns and the Tide. Quinn Ewers got off to a scorching hot start in that game. Went 9 of 12 for 134 yards prior to leaving the game for injury. Texas looked great. Yeah. Texas looked like they were going to run away with that game and win it with ease. I remember we were at uh, we were doing a KU broadcast during this game. Yeah. B- Bama looked like, ooh, they're going to get shellacked. Yeah, we were we were talking about it at halftime. Yeah, we were like, whoa, Texas is rolling over Alabama. What's going on here? They, they're looking pretty good. Then Hudson Card came in. Bama did just enough to get out of there with a win, 20-19. Bryce Young played hero balls. He did much of last year for Alabama. That's not going to be the case this year because Alabama doesn't have a Bryce Young at quarterback. They have Jalen Milrow, who's a formidable quarterback, I think, in his own right. Just not even, just not Bryce Young. He won't be the first overall pick in the NFL draft. And that Bama quarterback battle was the, you know, the headline of many discussions across America, as it should be, uh, with a program as notable as Alabama under Nick Saban. But for me, the question is. Do, can Ewers get off to a hot enough start in this game? Can he do what he did last year? Because if he does and he can maintain it, I think Texas wins. But Ewers needs to be a lead for the for the Horns to win this game. There's no, I think there's no way he he can be he can't be just pretty good. Is what I'm trying to say. As I'm stumbling all over the place here, Ewers needs to be a lead for Texas to win. That's the way it is. That's the way it has to be. If if Sarkeesian and Texas wants to get out of Tuscaloosa with a win. Quinn Ewers needs to be elite and needs to be the quarterback he was advertised as when he came to Texas. Hasn't been that so far. Looked shaky in week one against Rice. Texas still won with relative ease. But it wasn't what you hope to see out of your star quarterback in a tune-up game before you travel to Alabama. Another question. What's the big matchup in this game? If you look back to last year for Alabama, where did they get hurt? You look at that Tennessee game. Jalen Hyatt, they found a match um, mismatch there. Mitch match. Mitch match. I like it. So, mismatch. Five touchdowns for Hyatt. 
uh, they the Vols exploited a weakness in that Bama secondary and went to it all night long. Yes, they Alabama did. just had no answer for it. Took does, the goalposts. Does Texas have that kind of matchup here? Can Texas find that kind of ma- mismatch? Find that kind of matchup here? I'm not sure. I'm not sure if uh, if they're able to. Bama secondary also a little bit banged up. Uh, Malachi Moore and Jalen Key. Key, the big transfer from UAB. Moore, a returner from a year ago. Those guys, uh, questionable for this game. Not sure if they're going to play. Looking more, I think Malachi Moore could be good to go. I think more so than Key, but we'll see if both of those guys are available come Saturday. Would be a huge advantage for Texas if one or if both of those guys aren't able to suit up for Alabama. That would make things a heck of a lot easier. But for Texas, their receivers are elite. Xavier Worthy. They have, oh, who's the other guy? Oh, I'm forgetting off the top of my head. Why did I lose it? A.D. Mitchell, the transfer from Georgia. There we go. I had it, and then I lost it, and I found it again. Got A.D. Mitchell, transfer from Georgia. He was huge for the Dogs in their couple national championships. He's now at Texas. The tight ends at at Texas, very solid there. So Ewers has a lot of weapons to work with. It's just, can can he be elite enough to win the game for the Horns? That's the big question. That's where this game will be here and decided. And for for Alabama, on the flip side, you're wondering, well, Jack, doesn't Milrow have to be elite for, for Alabama to win? No, I don't think he does. I think Milrow has to be above average, has to be pretty good, but he doesn't need to be a lead like Ewers will to win this game for Texas. Massive weight on both these quarterback shoulders going into this game and also massive weight on these head coaches. I mean, in four quarters after Saturday night, what is the what is the talk going to be around these two coaches? Some say Saban's lost his edge against higher-level teams because Alabama of old used to just, you know, put the top teams to the wood chipper and just, you know, take them take him for a walk and say hey we're better than you we don't care what your rank is we're gonna just absolutely demolish you on on the field Alabama hasn't done that in recent years and for Texas Steve Starkeesian's whole whole tenure at Texas is gonna be measured by this game how close they were last year how good of a roster they have at Texas this year the expectations to win the big 12 and flying colors and maybe push for the college football playoff this is a huge game for Steve Sarkeesian in his Texas era and another former Alabama assistant going back to play Saban and trying to get a win in a vaunted stadium being Bryant-Denny Stadium for former Nick Saban assistants, a place where not a lot of guys that have coached under the Saban coaching tree have had a lot of success. So this is a huge game, week two, maybe the biggest non-conference game of the college football season, maybe the most marquee matchup of the season. We'll see how it shakes out. It's it's one of those for sure, but I'm really intrigued to see what the talk is after this game. Those matchups are huge. Uh, But we're going to step aside. Final break of hour number one. When we come back, we will shift our focus into NFL. Plenty to talk about there with the season starting tomorrow night. We'll preview Lions Chiefs, give our thoughts on the season. That'll leak over in hour number two. So don't go anywhere. Plenty more to talk about on Heavy Hitters on the radio voice of Kutztown University, KUR Kutztown. And welcome back to Heavy Hitters, everybody here on the radio voice of Kutztown University, KUR Kutztown. Jack Heim, Mitchell Smedley, hour number one of our two-hour show here on this Wednesday evening, getting you set for the NFL football season. We just talked all things college uh, for the majority of this first hour, but now it is time to talk about tomorrow night's game, Mitch. How yes, it amped is. are you that NFL's back, my friend? I'm so excited, dude. Wa-pa-pa-pa-pa. Oh, wait, no. Wait, oh, it's NBC. Are you? dun 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 I love that song. And if you've been a loyal listener to the show, you know that whenever we talk about a primetime game, Mitch just starts blasting into that theme's music. You know what's bad, though? So. I only have one week, because all of last year I never learned the uh, 
the Prime, the Prime Video, Video one. You got to do it. You got to learn it. I know. Once I hear it, I recognize it. And so. it actually grew on me last year. What do you think of that? Of that uh, I honestly that don't really theme. remember it. I didn't really watch too many Thursday Night Games last year. Just because really? most of them were terrible. Okay. In my estimation, you didn't so. you didn't like watching an overtime twelve nine game? No, no, no. That's horrific football. That was image. awful. Was that Colts Broncos? Yeah, yeah. It was Colts Broncos. One of the biggest they, wastes of yeah. football time of my life. Yeah, because I remember Chase McLaughlin hits the game winning field goal. I watched that whole for game. Indianapolis. I watched that whole game. Oof. And with all due respect to kickers, nobody wants to watch a battle of the kickers on a no, on iron. no, we don't. So sorry, Pat McAfee. We know you love your special teams. We I know do like me some Pat McAfee. Pat McAfee's awesome. By the way, he is great on College Game Day. Yeah. Just have to say that. Yeah, I like so. him. But we got a game to talk about. We got Chiefs-Lions. We do. The defending Super Bowl champs taking oh, wait, on. Wait, wait, wait. Why did you say that so quietly? I don't want to talk about it. Oh, are you, really? Are you sure? Why not? We're holding that thought. Okay. <laughs> Was there a team that you support that was in the Super Bowl this year that happened to lose to the Is there a team that you support that we beat 38-7 to on the way to that Super Bowl? That's what I thought. Be quiet. (laughs) 4-1. I'll let that simmer. I don't know what that means. Well, you'll have to figure that out on your own. I don't even know what that is. Let's think about wins. Is that the score of the series we beat the Padres in when you lost to the Padres? No. Oh, well, it was 4-1, to one, so I don't know what you could be talking about. It's a football thing. Man. Moving on. Moving on. 4-1. to 28-3. to three. How about that? You're not thinking of... It's not a score, but it's I know. okay. I know what you're talking I just don't care. Okay. Are you sure you know what I'm talking about? Because I was, like, you know, conscious for my Super Bowl. So was I. Well, you 10 years old. Can you really enjoy it? Uh, yes. Shout out to all the 10-year-olds out there, but, like... I remember watching the game when David Tyree made the catch. Okay. All right, Jack. Uh, also, the Mario Manningham one was actually, no, I was more, yeah, that was the second one. So I was actually more uh, cognizant for that one. Cognizant. Nice. So, That's a good word. Thank you. So we got the defending champs, Kansas City Chiefs, taking on the up-and-coming Detroit Lions under Dan Campbell. Uh, quarterback, Jared Goff. Found his resurgence last year. New team, new look. He's got, uh, well, some revamped weapons this year. Uh, the return of the sun god, Amon Ross St. Brown. But some new <laughs> running backs. What, you like that one? I do. Yeah. Very nice. My buddy came up with that. I can't take credit for it. Yeah, your buddy, by the well, way, did actually, not come up with that. No, he didn't. Yeah, I actually just found that out recently. I was heartbroken. I go, I, I, I told him, I was like, I think that's one of the best things you ever came up with. He goes, you actually thought I came up with that? I was like, yeah. He's like, no, I saw it online. <laughs> I was upset. Yes, the internet breeds a lot of interesting things. So we'll leave it at that. Uh, Amon Ross St. Brown, you got first uh, first round pick Jameer Gibbs at running back this year, uh, and behind him is who did they bring in? David Dave Montgomery, Montgomery from Chicago. And look, Detroit's got some honest hopes of winning this division this year. Uh, it's a weak NFC North. Uh, the absence of Aaron Rodgers, uh, the absence of any good quarterback in Minnesota consistently. And really a Chicago team that I feel is one or two years away still. So Detroit will definitely have their hat in the ring. I'm not one to totally be uh, believing in them, but they have the pieces there. Uh, they have a, a good, but yeah, I, I'm not, you know, I'm not sold on the Detroit defense. Obviously, I don't think that's a hot take. Yeah. Um, but uh, so Jack, Kansas City, though, we got some problems with uh, one of their biggest playmakers, Travis Kelsey. Uh, hyperextended his knee. I think he should play. 
Should? Might? Questionable. Questionable. Questionable for tomorrow night's game. Not so. ruled out, though, which is a plus. But, uh, I mean, not what we want to see if if you're Chiefs fans. Because if Kelsey's not in the game, who's, Mah- who's Mahomes throwing to? Uh, really becomes the issue. And it becomes a lot closer of a game in my mind. I think if Kelsey plays and is healthy, uh, Kansas City could have the opportunity to run away with this one. Kelsey is that dynamic of a player. But still going to have Mahomes on the field. Still going to have uh, some guys around him. And that's all he needs. So, Jack, how do you see this one shaking out in Kansas City? The Lions' defense against these Kansas City pass catchers is the question. For sure. Like, do these DBs for for Detroit have enough to get it done? Like, And the Chiefs don't have a very solid wide receiver room, in my, my opinion, at all. And I don't think that's a wild take. Especially if you take Kelsey out of the equation. That's what I'm saying. Like, yeah. MVS, Sky Moore, Kadarius <laughs> Toney. Yeah. Rasheed Rice, the rookie. Like, I'm looking at this room for, for Kansas City. I'm like, yeah, it's okay. I mean, Andy Reid's going to be able to scheme up some good stuff, and Mahomes going to be able to hit him. But, like, you know, these aren't game-breaking receivers by any stretch of the imagination. So, like, like what? let's say Detroit's able to able to contain them, able to not let them get open, not able to let Mahomes scheme these guys. Mahomes and the offensive coordinator there. And, by, by the way, Eric Bieniemy gone now. So, now we'll see what this offense looks like. First game post, uh, you know, after Bianami was there for what seems like forever. So so we'll see what Kansas City looks like. I mean, I think the Chiefs will win this game. But I like you mentioned, this is an up and coming Lions team. And I think the backs will look good. I think the combination of Gibbs and Montgomery will be really solid for this Detroit offense. Jared Goff wasn't very good at all on the road last year. So I'm interested to see what he looks like in this one. Luckily they're not going to Arrowhead when it's frigid cold. It's gonna yeah. be pretty Mild temperatures. I would it say is good old warm. loud Arrowhead, though. It is it ruckus is. environment. Yes, it is a ruckus environment. It is a building that breeds just chaos, chaos and fan noise that's through the roof and so, voice cracks. Yeah, from exactly. announcers. Yeah, we see you, Sean McDonough. <laughs> yeah, we do. So, Derek Johnson. Okay, I'm not going to go into it. Um, <laughs> but for me, and I think Kansas City's defense. What are they looking about, Chris Jones? Chris Jones isn't going to be there week one. They're a big defensive tackle. Yep. So, you know, no Kelsey, no Jones. And all of a sudden, this looks like a very winnable game for Detroit. Doesn't it, right? So, you know, just can can Detroit take advantage of the missing pieces for the Chiefs? The problem here in lies is that if the Lions do find a way to get in and get out with a win, it's going to be, oh, well, you know, they didn't beat the Chiefs full strength. Didn't right. Kelsey, didn't have Jones. Right. So people make up excuses. But this isn't a bad Lions team. I think, it's, you know, you mentioned it. This is going to be a team who's going to compete for that division. I think very well could win this division with, you know, the personnel that they have. I think Dan Campbell is going to take another step forward. But it's just, can they take advantage of the missing key pieces for the Chiefs? I don't know. I can't. I'm not, I'm not going to be able to see into the future for that. Kansas City minus four and a half point favorites in this one. So, I'm going to go Chiefs to win, but I think the Lions will keep it close. Yeah. For uh, all the way up until today, I had the Chiefs winning. However, I think I've talked myself into the Lions, and I I think the Chiefs will be fine. I think the Chiefs will be fantastic this year. But you see a lot of weird games in in Week 1. I mean, how many times did New England lose twice in September and we say, is this it for the Patriots? And then they're winning three more Super Bowls, right? Yeah. How many times? I remember doing that. I remember the the Patriots lost to the Lions, I believe, in week four of, I want to say it was 2018. I believe Golden Tate mm-hmm. tore them up. Golden Tate, yeah. Before being that traded to the Eagles. Up. Uh, and I came in 
very excited to school the next day because the Patriots had met their demise and it was over. And then they won the Super Bowl that year. So I think Kansas City will be fantastic this year. But I think this could be one of those early hiccups for them. Give me the Lions to win. I never thought I'd say it, but give me the Lions to beat Kansas City week one on Thursday night football. So I mean, yeah, can the can these new can this new kind of secondary for for the Lions do enough? CJ GJ's there now. Yep. They got, you know, Cam Sutton's back there. They have Kirby Joseph, new linebacker rookie Jack Campbell coming out of Iowa. They have also Sam Laporta. So I mean, can can the young guys do enough for Detroit. Amon Rossi Brown, of course, in that wide receiver room. I'm kind of a little bit concerned about it, what it looks like after him. Yeah, it's not much. But And then Sam Laporte, yeah, Sam Laporte at tight end. So can the young guys do enough for Detroit, and will Kansas City be able to come, overcome uh, their big-time absences? We'll figure that out. Uh, before we get back into it, though, we do have a message from the KU Notebook. Attention KU students, have you heard about KU Bears grant funding? The purpose of the KU Bears program is to support faculty-student research pairs over the summer. The goals are for undergraduate students to develop the necessary skill set to become student researchers and to provide faculty members with paid student research assistance. Undergraduate students selected for the program will receive summer pay for research tasks assigned by a faculty supervisor. By assisting faculty members in their research, students selected for the program will obtain the knowledge and skills necessary for conducting advanced research in their field. To apply and learn more about KU Bears grant funding, please visit www.kutztown.edu slash UGRC and look under Grants and Sponsored Projects. Once again, that's www.kutztown.edu slash UGRC and look under Grants and Sponsored Projects. This message of community interest is brought to you by the radio voice of Kutztown University, KUR. Rounding out the last couple minutes of hour number one, we were talking all things Lions and Chiefs, the Thursday night game to kick off week one and kick off the NFL season. As we are here, Mitch, we are on the cusp of NFL football being so back into our lives. Very exciting. Got my family group chat blowing up. I'm, I'm the league commissioner of our... We are uh, rebooting the Family Fantasy Football League. There you it's go. It's been dead for about two years. Uh, it's back. Only in place for two years, actually. Uh, and then it was on hiatus. I, won, I was thinking hiatus, too. I won the inaugural Super Bowl. So I'm the Packers of this league. And uh, my sister won the other. It was both times the matchup was me versus my sister. Not to throw shade at my brother. Oh, so your sister was the Chiefs? Uh, yes. Yeah, pretty much. And she loves the Chiefs. So, Well, actually, no, actually, I'm wrong. She's a Packers fan. Oh. Well, behind the Eagles. So you know how I root for the Panthers? Yeah. Yeah, that's like, she's like a Packers. Like, she has like a Aye. Aaron Jones jersey, Aaron Rodgers jersey, I think. Oh. Yeah. Well, no. Big fan the of the name Aaron? Hey, Aaron, where yeah. are you? <laughs> Better be sick. <laughs> Not even going to continue. But or mute. Or mute. Hey, hey, right here. Why didn't you answer me the first time I said it? <laughs> I love how passive. You know, I'm just asking you. I said it like four times. Yeah. <laughs> Anyways. So uh, before we continue any further, by the way, Jack, because we got a whole nother hour of heavy hitters coming up, and know. that would not be possible. Without a fellow station member, Abby Regs. Thank you so much, Abby. You yes, all, Mitch. you all b- will be hearing uh, my house, right? My house. Yes, my house coming up at eight. Eight. Yeah, different time for my house. It'll now be eight. Scheduling note. Yeah, moving from um, six to eight. Moving from six to eight to allow us to have an extra two hour. Full hours on the first Wednesday of the month. Yes. Thank you so much, Abby. Cannot thank you enough. So if you're listening, Abby, thank you. This is. So much appreciated. They and raise them right in the regs household. Words can't express how much this means to us. Correct. So we will just say thank you for all that you do. Not just this, but but for the club in general. For all that you do. 
braving the wasps to go get that table. You were there, yeah, Jack. I was there. I sat on that couch. I fended off the wasps. I did nothing. I, I'm afraid of bees. Yeah. So I come out of my class today, and my friend says to me, she's like, did you see all the bees in there? It's like, <laughs> no. <laughs> Mitch At had that a point, just <laughs> let me be blissfully unaware. <laughs> and the entrance to Lytle was closed. I go, that's yeah. weird, right? So I walk yeah, around. Yeah, closed off the treatment for yellow jackets. Right. So we come around, and I'm like, wait. By see? the way, I walked right through that barricade today. I go, <laughs> <laughs> saw the sign. I'm like, oh, that's interesting. Walked right, walked right past it. Yep. Were there yellow jackets? No, I oh. did not encounter any yellow jackets. Wow. So, so she goes, uh, oh, it's closed off for yellow jackets. I'm like, why is this place infested? Yeah. We need to get that figured out. So They better get that figured out. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, want to move on to another game? Uh, Well, we will when we come back in hour number two. Okay. Uh, we're going to step aside, give us a couple minutes, and we'll be back to talk more NFL football here on Heavy Hitters. And welcome back in. It is hour number two of Heavy Hitters. On Wednesday, September 6th, my sister's birthday. And your sister's birthday today? It is. Yeah. No way. Yeah. I have a family member who has a birthday today. Who? My grandmother. Hey. She's also one of my friends here, uh, her birthday as well. September 6th. It's just everybody's birthday Pop today, isn't it? it? Did you see that um, Trey Turner went on paternity leave exactly nine months to the day after signing his contract? Wow. <laughs> just put it out in the open, buddy. <laughs> All right. Celebration. Yeah. Right? Hey, he was celebrating. He's going to live there for 11 years. Might as well start a family. Yeah. Nothing against it. Family. Uh, I was. I don't know if I can say what I was just thinking, but it was funny. Rest assured. <laughs> <laughs> Rest assured it's funny. Rest Not sure if it's FCC friendly, but it's funny. No, it is. I just, I don't know if Regs would appreciate it. Yeah. So we're going to hold off. When you think about it. When you, <laughs> I did think about it, and <laughs> I decided I'm the only one that's uh, qualified to know it when you look at it. <laughs> we got NFL to talk about. We're going to uh, talk about week one, maybe make some season projections. Yes. Right? All right. Where are we moving to next, Jack? All right. Well, what we did last year on the show was we went game by game and predicted. Okay. I'm not sure if we're going to do that this year. Okay. We'll give our thoughts. Maybe we'll give a winner, but we'll get, we'll start off by giving, I think, our season predictions and yeah. projections. So we're going to go briefly, division by division, give our winners and give our overall thoughts and vision. We're not going to go record predictions every team. That's going to just take a lot of time, and that's kind of redundant. So and it's and it's it's so difficult to predict exactly how teams are going to go anyway. But let's start it off. We'll go division winners. Okay. Want to culminate in the uh, NFC East? Sure. All right. That's where our teams are housed. So yeah. Let me let me lean my chair back. You saw? Do you see? I got this set up nicely on the last segment. Yeah. Yeah. I was all cozy. You 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 Pulling do look quite down. comfortable over there. I got my my feet kicked up under the desk. I so, am I am moseying along. I'm looking at my laptop right now. Also yeah, got dude. my phone pulled up. I so. got it all up here. We're good. I got it all up here. We are chilling. Family. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> that too. That too. <laughs> All right. NFCs, let's get right into it. No, I said culminating. Oh, yeah. Do you know what that means? That's finish. Yes. So I mixed it up. I'm sorry. I don't know what's going on for today. <laughs> um, well, let's just go to the NFC anyway and start in the West and okay. then work our way eastward. Oh, um, east? Well, I thought you said west. Yeah. NFC West. Niners won the division last year. Seahawks came in second. I see a very similar trajectory happening this year. 
I'm not going to waste any time. Niners are going to win this division. I think, they'll, I think they'll win around 12 games. 11 or 12. Uh, I'll go 12, though. Uh, I got the Seahawks coming in second, Rams third, Cardinals fourth. Yeah, I'd love to disagree with you and make it interesting. But uh, if you didn't see, Nick Bosa signed a, what is it, $170 million? Five years, $170 million. That's a lot of moolah. That's so, quarterback money. That is. so Highest paid edge rusher in history. Yeah, that's that's incredible. So, uh, hey, good for him. He's deserving of it. So. so it doesn't leave a lot of money for others, but whatever. Yeah. Uh, Not Nick a whole Bosa, lot of moolah to go around. Nick Bosa in the 49ers. Uh, you got a full season of Christian McCaffrey. Got a full season of Brock Purdy. Right? Yeah. And uh, so we'll see. Uh, Brock Purdy is really the only question mark I have with this team. The defense is going to be fantastic. Uh, the <laughs> running back is obviously very good. Uh, my favorite player in the league, I got to say. And uh, the wide receivers, we know what they can do. George Kittle, when healthy, is a monster. So I'm not concerned about any of any of that. I think, you know, the 40, 40 winers are going to be set at a lot of positions. But uh, Brock Purdy. New onto the scene last year, didn't lose a game until, you know, he got knocked out of the NFC Championship game by Hassan Redick. Beast. And we'll see what he looks like this year. People have tape on him now. Uh, he's coming back from an injury, and, and we really have to see how that plays out. So Brock Purdy, if he is himself, uh, I think the Niners win the division by a couple games. However, I, I totally see a scenario where Purdy isn't the man. He can be helped out by McCaffrey, by, you know, that running game. But uh, I could see a situation where Purdy isn't as on as he was last year. Offense sputters a little bit. Seahawks push him for the division. Maybe take it if Purdy isn't the man. I think the Niners got this division. Seahawks, I think, are a 10-win, 11-win max team. I'm going to give them 10. They'll go 10-7. Niners are going to go 12-5. and five. Uh, Rams will finish with, I think, about six wins. Fair and the Cardinals, I think, are going to be the worst team in the league. They'll win two to three games. Two to three? Wow. That's yeah, they're going to be the worst team in the league. Low. Horrible. But they don't have a quarterback. It's 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 a good point. <laughs> I, I do think this, you look at the Seattle offense. That, that's impressive to me. I think Geno Smith is here to stay. Uh, I have more confidence in Geno than I do in Purdy. Oh. I do. I don't know, dude. Geno had, like, last year was just, like, his first really, really good full season. I think he had one good year with the Jets, too, that he was okay. nice in. And but. they added another good receiver and another good running back. Offense so. is only going to get better. Yeah. More weapons On around. paper. Yeah. Of course, you have to watch it blend. But I think I think Seattle's got a real shot to take this division. I think they'll threaten for a little bit. Niners, is, Niners will take it, though. Okay. So. Got a divisional uh, matchup in there. Is it Seattle-LA first yep. week? Yep. Week one up yep. in Seattle. Seattle. So, all right, let's move to the South. Saints. Didn't did they win it last year? Uh no, the Buccaneers. Yes, yeah, Tampa. Uh, yep. Last year at Brady. Yep. So when they couldn't, uh, when Dallas couldn't hit an extra point against them in the playoffs. Yeah. Shout Met out their Maher. demise. Yeah. Shout Maher. out Brett Maher. <laughs> <laughs> the so. Cowboys field goal kicker. Going <laughs> at the broad side of a barn. Son. So. <laughs> yeah. All right. Before we preview the NFC South, we do have a message from the KUR Notebook. Oh. Want to join a fun campus club? Join KUR. Fun events, great friends, and an opportunity to play your favorite tunes await. Email KUR at kutztown.edu. That's KUR at kutztown.edu for more information. This message of community interest is brought to you by the Radio Voice of 
Kutztown University, KUR. If you want to come out to KUR meetings, by the way, they happen Tuesdays every week at 11 a.m. in the Sheridan Art Building, room 120. Um, so, yeah, come come there, come out, and uh, join KUR. It is a fun club. We love what we do here. Um, so plenty of opportunities, whether you want to be on air, off the air, whatever you want to do, we will find a way to get you involved. So, yes, KUR, great club. A little bit of breaking news, by Just the way. about joining it. Uh, what's up, Mitch? Just a minor detail. but uh, Minor detail. Okay, didn't even mean to say that. But uh, Major League Baseball has placed Julio Arias on administrative indefinite leave due yeah, I saw to that coming. Uh, the incident over the weekend. So uh, the Dodgers had said he was not traveling with the team, and now he's been placed on leave by the league itself. So just a little update I thought I'd throw in there, that coming from Fox Sports. Okay. Anyways, also uh, on a lighter note, shout out to Sinead. She joined the the league and it's now full so got a draft coming up tonight there you go with the fam draft before the season starts there we go draft before the season starts yes day before the season starts is that what you're going for no i said draft before the season oh well most people do yeah well we didn't last year in the kids (laughs) oh yeah we just didn't like spur the moment by the way we actually got that under control this year we did had our draft yesterday guess who lucked into the first overall pick your boy Got McCaffrey, Jack. You were second. Yeah, I took Justin Jefferson. Not a not a hard pick to make there. So yeah, Jack's got a good team. I'm confident in my team. I think Jack's a little little sluggish on it. I think you're sleeping on me. I mean, it's not, it's not a bad team by any stretch. I think mine's a little bit better, but you know, that's just it is what it is. We'll All see. Right. We'll see. You. I'll see you in December. Yeah, we'll figure it out. So NFC South. We'll yeah. I meant we'll figure it out as the season goes on. Of course, NFC South. Bucks won it last year. Brady's now gone. Baker Mayfield, the new man in Tampa, and I really see a situation where Tampa goes from first to worst. Oh, absolutely. So, not going to waste us time. I we we can both agree we got Tampa fourth. That offense, Baker Mayfield, they're not going to do a whole lot. I mean, Evans and Godwin, they'll get theirs. They'll, there'll be some weeks where they could put up some points. You think they'll be better than uh, Carolina? No, that's no. what I'm saying. So you don't have them fourth then? I do. I do have the. Bucks. You said they won't be. Uh, oh, 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 I misunderstood what you said. Yeah. Okay, so you think Carolina will be better? Yes. Okay. That's what I said. Do you have any reasoning for that? Um, I'm confident in Bryce Young. I think Frank Reich has got a you know fresh young quarterback that he can work with. Uh, and, you know, we saw what this guy did with the Eagles offense when he was their OC. Oh, sure, believe me, we did. Sure, it didn't work out in Indianapolis, but Indianapolis never really gave him much to work with, really. The wide receivers when he was there weren't never really great. Well, he did have the exact same quarterback. He did, but it it was a different Wentz. It wasn't yeah. the same guy, mentally, that is. That is one of the most fascinating sports stories, I think, of my life, seeing his psyche just take a hit after, so, you know, his backup yeah. won the Super Bowl. But sacrifices. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, no, I, I think you're right. I think Carolina, I think they're going to be dreadful early in the season. And uh, I think they'll stack some of those, like, late-season wins, you know, when they're way out of it. Mm-hmm. Um and uh, they kind of get things churning in the right direction. Add right, a little so, bit of hope. So we're going to disagree in this division. Okay. Uh, do we? Both what do you think? No, no, no. Fourth? I'm saying. I'm saying like Carolina is going to be awful. But and I'm agreeing with you. They're going to get over Tampa late in the season. Okay. Because they're going to start turning in the right direction. Gotcha. But you'll soon. They're still out. third. We don't agree with the order. They're okay. Still third. I got Atlanta third. Oh really? You think Carolina is better than Atlanta? Yes. Oh, Chris would not like you. So, sorry, Chris. Yeah. Um. Yeah, no, Falcons third. 
I don't have a lot of trust in Desmond Ritter as a quarterback. Really? I could be wrong. Well, I don't think you're wrong in that, but they have... I trust their weapons more than Carolina's. I don't like Drake London. I've had this opinion. I didn't like him last year. I had him in fantasy, and being a good fantasy receiver and being a good regular receiver is different in my mind. But I didn't really think the guy was sufficient when he when he got the ball thrown his way. Uh, Kyle Pitts, you've yet to see a consistent production from him. So Gotta think he takes a step forward. I, I would agree that he takes a step forward. But other than that, I mean, yes, Cordero Patterson, Tyler Geo, B. John Robinson, good running back room. But... I don't know. I don't know. It's it's still the Falcons at the end of the day. Yeah. Yeah, it's and true. And it's hard to put some trust in that organization. So, give me the Falcons third. I got Carolina coming in second. And I got the Saints, the top dog, taking the South Division. Yeah. I, I just kind of have that flipped. I thought, second, about, uh, I thought about putting the Falcons first. Really? You know, I, oh, my. What if Desmond Ritter, 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 yes. Ritter is like, okay, you know? What if he's okay? He needs to be more than okay for them to win this division, though. I don't have a lot of faith in the Saints. You don't? I mean, a little bit, you know. I guess. The more I think about it, Derek Carr is guaranteed to be competent. At least Derek Carr is a defense that can, you know, yeah. stop the other team. Yeah, now that I think about it. Yeah, I forgot about Chris Olave. I mean, the too. Raiders' defense was horrible every yeah. year Carr was Yeah, there. give me the Saints. At, least, like, like, at least the Saints have a competent defense. Plus, they have a top receiver in Chris Olave. If Michael Thomas can actually stay on the football field, he's not bad either. I think the Kamara Falcons are better back. than you're giving credit, but... Yeah. They very well could be. I'm Give just not high on them. Yeah. I, I like the Panthers better. I think Bryson's going to do some good things in his rookie year. Nice. I think Jonathan Mingo could be a very solid receiver for them to, you know, I think Thielen's going to be a safe second receiver option. Miles Sanders, I think he's a good enough running back. He's not elite, but you know, they're going to give him the reins down there and let him see what he can do. If he can just not drop the football in the open field, he'll be fine. Uh, but, you know, in that defense Such unhappy will be, times. Yeah, and that defense will be, you know, Fine. I like their defensive line. I like their defense. Yeah. You know, Gross Mottos, Brian Burns. Yitor. So yeah, I, I like I like the Panthers more than the Falcons. I got Carolina coming okay. in second. All right. I don't hate it. I don't hate it. I disagree with it though. You can disagree. I and, do. But that's what sports takes well, about, my friend. Ah, man. Now you're talking me out of the Falcons. And you don't got it. You don't have to agree with me. No, I'm, I don't I know I don't have around. to. I know, but man. Um you got faith in the Falcons? Go with no, it. I got faith. I got faith in my Panthers. You have lifted my spirits on my Panthers. Give me the Panthers over the Falcons. Okay. Second place. Back to back divisions we agree upon. That's NFC boring. North. NFC North. This is a This is a weird one. Division where I don't think there's a whole lot of separation between all four of these teams. Not at all. But with that being said, I got the Bears taking the seller of this division. Really? Yes. The Chicago Bears will finish last in the NFC North. It'll be close. I think they'll win six to seven games. They'll they'll take a step up from last year. I think Fields will take another step forward. I like the DJ Moore addition. I love the DJ Moore addition. I think the secondary and the linebackers will be improved from a year ago for the Bears. I don't like that defensive line. I don't, I think they'll find a very tough time rushing the passer on getting to the quarterback, and that's a big part of football, making the quarterback feel the heat. I don't think they'll be able to do that consistently enough to make it a, you know a difference maker. Um. Offensive line, they're still building there. Uh, I think they're going to be a little bit better in that area, but not enough to the point where they'll be able to consistently protect fields enough for him to do what he fully wants to do. I think he'll have there'll be points and there'll be stretches where he's going to have time to throw and and make the you know the reads and the decisions he wants to make. But I don't think it's going to be consistently enough uh, for them to win a lot of ball games this year. So, or I should say, enough games to win to you know compete for the division title. So give me the Bears in last. Who do you got fourth? Oh. I know, this is a tough division. I 
think I have the Packers fourth. Packers fourth. Not high on Jordan Love. Not high on their receivers. I think their running backs are fine, but what does that get you these days? Defense. Mm, Packers defense. All right, but... Oh, man, this is such a weird division. Because I, I, I like a lot of the points you made about the Bears. Um, although I, I think DJ Moore is a very good receiver. I think Justin Fields is a very good quarterback. I think he will so have do I. one of those big jumps from year to year that we I saw agree. last year to this year. Agreed. And I think elevating a quarterback, like I think he's going to elevate, I think that gives you a pretty good floor for your team. So I don't, I don't see them coming in last. I do not see the Bears in last. Doesn't feel right to me. So I'm not going to do it. I don't. I like you said. There's not a lot of separation in this whole division. No. It, yeah. It was not easy for me to stick the Bears in last place. Yeah. I just think they're a little bit below the other three teams. Who do you got in third? I was back and forth, but I'll go the Packers. Yeah. And I'm not going to competently say that. I'll pick the Packers, but I really was going back and forth between this one. But give me Green Bay in third. It's again it's, for Green Bay. It's all dependent on Jordan Love. What can he do? How efficiently is he able to run this offense? Is Christian Watson a good enough receiver for him to be their number one? And he's already dealing with injury concerns. Yeah. Romeo Dobbs, I think, is... Yeah, both of them. So, he's got a hamstring issue, does Dobbs. Um, you know, the backs are going to be fine. They're going to be be able to run the ball well enough between Jones and Dylan. They'll, they have a fine tandem there. Yeah. The defense, I don't love it. That's what I'm But saying, it's not yeah. a defense I think is going to be horrific in any sense. It'll be okay. So I think Green Bay is going to be good enough to you know to compete. I think they'll get eight wins. I think they'll be eight and nine. Eight and nine. When the season's all said and done. I just with the Packers being horrific is it wouldn't world. shock me if both the Packers and the Bears are eight and nine and there's like a tiebreaker that decides who actually gets last. So if that makes sense. Yeah, give me Green Bay there. I pack I think I'm gonna go Bears seven and ten. Green Bay eight and nine. Okay. That's only one game off. Yeah. I, I said all of these teams are very close to each other. Yep, they are. So, so, who do you got third? Third place. So, I had the Packers for third place. Oh, man. Um, this is weird. This is where it gets weird for me. I could see any of the final three being third. Uh, I only had two teams up for third. Yeah. I, 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 have a, I have a clear division winner. And yours is Detroit? Correct. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Detroit, I would be shocked. <clears throat> Excuse me. I would be shocked if Detroit finished third. But I could see it. Um, I guess that doesn't actually make sense. I, <laughs> I wouldn't be. I would be shocked. I wouldn't be but shocked. I could see it. I would be mildly like intrigued if that makes sense. Yeah. But look, I think Detroit has the most realistic shot to win this division. It's also Detroit. I don't necessarily trust them. But I'll st- I, I get that for sure. I'll stick to third. But I think um, they have the most talented roster in this division, and I'm going to give them that edge. Then. Yeah, I think I got to go with Minnesota. I think I'm going to put the Bears second, Minnesota third. I don't hate the. I don't hate that. Nah, it, I, it just I mean, feels right. I, I, I mean, think I what like we the, saw. I like the Vikings in third better than the Bears in second. Well, I think what we saw in that playoff game against the Giants was the demise of what you like to talk about any sort of culture um, in Minnesota. I think it's you know the demise of any sort of defense in Minnesota. For, I think it for only sure got they worse. don't have it. They, they don't. Yeah. They don't the Vikings, play defense. The Vikings run out 11 guys in purple jerseys yeah. that just happen to qualify for them to play defense. Yep. For that said roster. I mean, it's going to be it's going to be atrocious. I was going back and forth on the Packers and Vikings for third, and I very well could see Minnesota getting third place. Yeah. Um, I think you got something like... But I want a last-second pick with, with, with Green Bay to and get And it makes third, sense. And I, I go Minnesota I think you throw Detroit Green one. Bay 7-10. and 10. I think you throw Minnesota like a 9-8. and eight. Ah, I got a... 
No, oh, so I'll give you my rankings. Or, no, eight nine. I'm sorry, eight yeah. nine, and uh, Chicago a nine and eight, and then Detroit like a eleven and six. So something like that. I got Detroit ten and seven. Okay. Both Green Bay and Minnesota eight and nine, and the Bay are seven and ten. Okay. We are not that far off on this. So not that far off. I think it's just so interchangeable. I so. think Detroit's going to rack up some wins on these teams, though. I think they will. Yeah, I think they'll feast in division. So I think what it's going to be is one of those where Detroit mops up in division and gets absolutely pummeled out of division. See, I think they mop up the Vikings, beating them both times. I'll have them split with the Bears. Going to Soldier Field is always a little weird. Um, and I think they could very well sweep Green Bay. I do. Yeah. So, so you got them 5-1 and one in the division? Yeah, 5-1 and one or 4-2. I like that. I like that a lot. Well, I was going back and forth. But you know what? I'll confidence it. They'll go 5-1. Five 5-1 and, one. Five and one feels right for me. So, so. yeah, that's, that's interesting. All right. Well, with that being said, we wrapped up the North. We'll come back. We'll switch, get all the AFC done, and then we will culminate with the NFC Good East. Good word. And that'll take us the rest of the way more than likely. Uh, if we do have time permits, we'll go through the weekend uh, and give our thoughts briefly on these games. But stick around. More NFL talk coming your way next when we come back on Heavy Hitters in hour number two on the radio voice of Kutztown University, KUR Kutztown. And welcome back to Heavy Hitters here on the Ready Voice of Kutztown University, KUR Kutztown. Jack High, Mitchell Smedley rolling on with you through hour number two, talking all things NFL. Week one is just hours. I mean, it is less. No, it is over a full day away still because the game's at 820. So still over a full day away, but it, it is practically here. So we're talking all about it. We're giving our division predictions, went through the NFC predominantly, where you mentioned we'll culminate with the NFC East when we're all said and done. Uh, but we gave our predictions on the North, South, and West in the NFC. We both agreed the Niners would take uh, the top of the division in the West. Both agreed with the Saints and both have the Lions finishing atop the NFC North. We varied throughout the order of the rest of the division in the North uh, and agreed with both the South and the West. All right, we're going to take it to the AFC Roll on with these division predictions. We're going to go west to east, starting in the AFC West, of course. Chiefs, the longtime crown jewel in in this division under Andy Reid, reigning Super Bowl champions. Patrick Mahomes, two-time Super Bowl champ now. They're looking to run it back starting tomorrow night against the Lions. Mitch, how do you have this division shaken up? We're going from the bottom to the top. Who do you got finishing last? And I got, an, I think I got an easy pick for this one. Who do you got finishing? Okay, so oh, I was going to go top to bottom. Okay, we we've been going bottom to top, but I'm we could sorry, switch, but we could switch it up. I, I had my my mind. Made you know what? Yeah, sure. You know what? We you know we did bottom to top of the NFC. Let's go top to bottom of the uh, you know excuse me bottom to top of the NFC, top to bottom of the AFC. Let's do it. Sure. Sticking Chiefs. You got Chiefs win the division. Sticking Chiefs winning the okay. division. How many wins do you think the Chiefs get this year? <sighs> Tough question. I know. Put put you right in the spotlight. Well, they're losing to the Eagles. Just saying. Um, I believe we play them, right? I saw that. I looked at the schedule. I don't know. I did. Uh, <laughs> but you do, yes, yes. So November twentieth in Arrowhead on a Monday night. Oof, that's rough. The brisk but, cold Missouri air on a Monday night at Arrowhead Stadium. My dad's called me three times in the last two minutes. It's a Super Bowl rematch Must between be the Chiefs and the Eagles. Uh, yeah, I got the Chiefs winning the division. Oh man, I got the well. I, okay. I got the Chargers second. Okay. I got the Let's Ride Broncos third. I got the Raiders fourth. Dang, man. Another division where we just agree all the time. Oh, are you kidding? Got Come the Chiefs on. winning, Chargers second. I got I Sean did think Payton about, and I the did Broncos think about third. jumping the Broncos up to second. 
Oh, see, I was thinking about putting the Broncos last again. Ooh, okay, a little different. So, Do it then. You but, won't. But I'm not. You Because I don't, I can't buy it. I can't buy the Raiders led by Jimmy G. Yeah, no, me neither. For long, for long listeners of the show, whether you, you know, but if you're new, um... I am not a Jimmy G truther, believer, whatever no, you want to call it. I'm not. I've never believed in the guy. I think Again, he's good. I don't think the guy's bad. I don't think he's good, though. I think he's a very meh, very middle-of-the-road quarterback. He's beaten Dak Prescott in the playoff game. Wow. You want a, you want a cookie? <laughs> like, I think everyone has. It doesn't take a lot to beat the post-2000 Cowboys in the playoffs. <laughs> That's so. funny. You know, especially when they're lining up their running back as their center on their last play of the season. That so. was hilarious. Who would you rather have, though? Dak Prescott or Jimmy G starting a playoff game for your life? Oh. Depends. Who do they play for? Because if you put Dak on the 49ers, I think it's Dak. But if, you know... Compare- Cowboys? Or the uh, the Giants? Or not the Giants. The 49ers. Cowboys, they're same teams. So, but those two guys just respect. So, like, I I feel like you think Dak's a better quarterback, right? Yes. Yeah, which he is. Yeah, logically. Yes. But which organization I trust more? Oh God, the 49ers. But it's not about an organizational thing. It's like you just need that one game, right? And yeah. Dallas has playmakers. Dallas has some big time playmakers. Yeah, and I'll still give me the still give me still give me both have big time defenses. If it's Jimmy G playing for the Niners against Dak for the Cowboys, give me the give me Jimmy G. Ooh. Wow, okay. Yeah. All as right. much as I don't like to say that. That is crazy. So Dak is, you know, one dumb slide away from winning that game though. He is. That's fair. That's very true. But he did. He did slide it though. But he did make. (laughs) But he did make that dumb slide, and the Cowboys did lose. That's all it takes. (laughs) All right. How about them Cowboys? Yeah, exactly. All right, we agree. Let's hope that tradition continues. Exactly. Let's move to the South. Yeah, I think it's a pretty, uh, you know, cookie cutter division, right? In the sense that I have the Jags winning it. Yes. Which we would agree upon. Yes. Titans high on the Jags this year. High on the Jags. Tennessee in second. Yes. I've been Houston. jockeying back and forth for third and fourth. Clearly Houston. In third? Yeah, Houston, we got a third place. I'm agreeing with you, man. Yeah. Ugh. Come on. I want some difference here, but I just can't buy. I don't buy the Colts. Do man. we think the NFL is just going to be plain and simple this year? Is that Th- what we're saying? This black and white? Can you tell we didn't cross our notes before we yeah. <laughs> went on here? We so. each have them, but uh, yeah, that's crazy. All right, let's move to the north. We're going to definitely have some disagreements here, no doubt about that. Yeah, this one is hairy. All I'd, right. I would be surprised if we agree on this. Do you want me to start or you to start? I want you to start. All right, I got the Bengals winning the division. No surprise there. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Bengals I winning. Know. I, I have, don't know, man. I have the Pittsburgh Steelers oh taking my. second place. No. Okay. okay. I have the Ravens in Pause. third, and I have the Browns in last. Yep, the Steelers are going to the playoffs, (laughs) and they will win 10 games. Stop the madness! Steelers will be double-digit game winners. They're going to the playoffs. I am... This is going to be my hot take, because I I think the football world is going to more so agree with you on this than me. I, I think the Steelers are pretty likely to finish fourth in this division. Fourth. I think uh, I'm looking at the schedule. I don't see a lot of losses in here. I'm really? You don't? Run through the schedule real quick. I'll tell you. Week 1, 49ers. Loss. Loss. Agreed. Week 2, Browns at home. Win. Loss. Win. Week 3, Texans. Win. Win. Week 4, Ravens at home. Loss. Win. 
Week five at the Rams, win. Eh? Week six home to Jacksonville, loss. Yeah, loss. Weeks, uh, did I, did I, wait. Don't be shocked if the Rams are better, by the way. Sorry, this is week, it was game seven against Jacksonville. Eight, Titans at home, win. win. Packers at home, win. Win. At the Browns, win. I have them sweeping the Browns. I think they'll split. I think they'll split. Sweeping the Browns. Cardinals at home, win. Win. Patriots at home, win. Ooh, I don't know. At at Indianapolis, win. Yes. Home to Cincy, loss. Loss. At Seattle, loss. Loss. At the Ravens, loss. I think they end with three straight losses. So I have one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. I have 11. And I had like two or three less than you. So I got them in like eight or nine. Yeah. It's not that far out of the the realm of possibility the Steelers to be a double-digit win team. It's not. The schedule is favorable on paper. Again, we'll have to see what these teams look like. I think Kenny Pickett's going to take another step forward. I like their, I like Deontay Johnson to have a bit of a bounce back year. He'll actually score a touchdown this year. I know. <laughs> Crazy concept. I had him on my fantasy team last year. Uh, George Pickens will be good. I like Pat Fryermuth. I think the backfield room is going to be nine, good enough. I think Jalen Warren will emerge and threaten to take Najee's place. That's just my humble opinion. I, I don't think, think all of the guys you just listed, though, on offense – are like yeah they're they're okay. I'm not I'm not scared by any one of those pieces. They have I'm, two good edge rushers in Alex Highsmith and TJ Watt. Good at the middle Cam Hayward. I like the defensive line a lot. Linebackers a little bit of a It's a, a lost position. There. No one needs linebackers. Sorry. It's the Eagles formula. You don't need linebackers. I mean, Hassan Reddick's a linebacker. I, but like not really though. He's an outside linebacker who edge rushes. Yeah, he's more of an edge rusher. So just saying, and I like the steel the Steelers secondary. I I like the safeties. Minka's a good safety. I think Levi Wallace is a decent corner. So I don't know. I like Pittsburgh. I I'm think Pittsburgh's got a lot of okay, good ish. Not a lot of great. I don't see a lot of star power on that team. I'll go ten wins. I'll take I'll take one away. I don't Thank know from you. who, but I'll go ten. I'll, I'll play well because you had them sweeping. Uh, Cleveland. So they split with Cleveland. Fine. Yeah, ten wins. They get second. Ravens in third. I got Browns in fourth. What do you got? For Why do you put the Ravens third? Um, I don't know. I think that offense is going to be better than it's been. I think. Uh, I think that Lamar is going to have some cohesion outside of just Mark Andrews. I think Zay Flowers is going to have a good rookie year. Yeah. Uh, OBJ will be a good enough receiver. You don't got to convince me that they're too. good. I'm saying, why aren't they second or first? I I think they might win the division. Who, the Ravens? Yeah. I mean, I don't think it's out of the realm of possibility. I just don't... I don't know. I don't know. I'm just looking at the Ravens. I can't buy in. I don't I don't love their running attack. I don't love the rushing attack. I The defense is good, but nothing special. You don't like J.K. Dobbins? Lamar Jackson? I don't know. I don't love J.K. I don't. Whew. Maybe that's why you're underestimating my fantasy team. So I think... I, I, what's like, your division? Come on, give it I to us. I got Ravens. Bengals. Ah, oh, I'm so tempted. I'm so uh, Brown Steelers. You lost. No, no. Steelers are not. I did. I tell you. So what you're my, picking the Steelers to do something they haven't done in 35 years. Yes. That yeah. That doesn't feel smart now that I think about it. But I said it. I'm going to stick by it. You know what? My uh, my roommate last year told me he said, Mitch, the Steelers are going to finish with a better record than the Eagles next year. 
Okay, I'm never, I'm not going that far. Yeah, get out of my face. Yeah. So, that's what I got. Whoever said that's a fool. Well. 1988. Steelers have not finished in last place since 1988. That means they're due. 35 years. That means they're due. 35 years. Just Just gonna let that simmer. Just, yeah, let it simmer. I don't care. All right, let's go to the east. We we vary in the north, and we'll see how it plays maybe out. I should maybe I should put Cleveland in fourth. It's okay. Nope, you said it maybe now. Maybe I should put Cleveland. Oh, you're gonna walk it back now, are you? You said you're gonna stick with it, Mitch. It's like a brisk jog. One or the other. What are you going? Ha oh. ha. Uh, you gotta you gotta you gotta lay it out there. No, I'll stick to it. I'll go Steelers. Okay. Fourth. I, I am writing these down, by the way. This so is all fun and games, all, right? It's all fun and games. I will write these down post-show so we can go back to them at the end of the year. Yes. All right, AFC East. Last AFC division before we go back and round it out with the NFC East before we go to our final break. Sure. All right. Bills have won this division, I believe, three years running now? If I, remember I thought it correctly. was... Um, three or four? I think it's three. 2020, it's three. 2021, 2022. Yeah, that, that makes sense because I think New England won it in 2019. And got beat by, by the Tennessee. Titans. Logan by Ryan, pick six. six. Yeah. Yep. Nice. Go. All right. Bills have won this year three years running. They have won this division three years running. The Jets have gotten better. The Dolphins have gotten better. They have seemingly closed that gap. I started the, I started the North. I'm going to turn it over to you. All right. Give me your East one through four. Uh, number one. The Buffalo Bills. So for the Bills a do it straight four season. in a row. The Bills win the East. Yep. Number Safe two. Down. Number two. Miami Dolphins. Okay. I am not buying the Jets. Number three. And number four, I got to go Patriots. Kickstarted by a loss to your Philadelphia Eagles week one. I'm going to go Bills one. Thank you. It's a I'm good gonna, pick. I'm going to go Jets two. Mm. I'm going to go Dolphins three. And I'm going to go New England four. Okay, so we flip-flop the Jets and Dolphins. Tell me why. Right, tell me why you're sipping the Jets Kool-Aid. Aaron Rodgers is old. It's not. It, the, hey, this is going to be the Russell sipping, Wilson situation. Sipping the Jets Kool-Aid would say the Jets are winning the division. I never said that, and I don't think they will. Why? I genuinely believe they're second. I think Dolphins' weaknesses are more glaring than their strengths. Really? Okay. I, that's no it. elaboration? Okay. What are the weaknesses, Jack? Can Tua stay healthy? Yes. The defense, yes, Vic Fangio is a great defensive coordinator, but it's year one. They're learning a new system. You know, what what does it look like? They don't have they don't have Jalen Ramsey till December now. Yeah, that is a big hit. Does Xavier Howard have a bounce back season? There's just a lot of questions there. Did, did you know are they able to to get to the quarterback enough? I like Christian Wilkins. You know, Bradley Chubb's decent, but like I don't know. I feel like when I look at the Dolphins, I ask myself more questions than I have more guarantees about this team. We know Tyree Kill is going to be good. We know Jalen Waddle is going to be fine. Can, can Tua stay on the field? Can this offense, you know, can they run the ball efficiently enough? You know, and now Jeff Wilson is going to be coming back. They have, you know, the ro- exciting speedster rookie Devin Achain from Texas A&M. They have Raheem Mostert there. They have a lot of options, but are they able to do enough with those options? Tight end is seemingly vacant. I don't know who their tight end is. They lost Mike Gusecki, unless I'm forgetting somebody. I don't know the Dolphins tight end off the top of my head. I don't think you are. I think it's a... I think they have nobody to throw the ball to there. So it's like, you know, when I look at the Dolphins, what areas can I convincingly say are like, yes, this is what's going to lead this team to winning? Throwing deep balls, man. I I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. It's, uh, It's a good point. 
not being able to replenish the uh, the old uh, talent, the you young know, talent. Tyler Croft and Durham Smith are their top two tight ends. Oh, can't forget about Durham Smith. I'm not encouraged by that. Yeah, I know. <laughs> but so, what was the draft pick return on the uh, Tyreek Hill trade? It was a lot, right? I believe so. Yeah, I think we're starting to see how you know effective those picks could have been. You know, is that O line good enough for right. the Dolphins? I get it. I just think they're better than the Jets. I don't think the Jets are going to. Be I like good. the Jets defense. I do. I like the Jets D. I like Robert Sala's coach. You know, it's really all dependent on the offense. Is Rodgers able to do enough? I think he's. I think he is to put them in second. Is that going to qualify for the playoffs? We'll find out in a stacked AFC. I'm not sure. We shall see. But, yeah, I got Bills 1, Jets 2, Dolphins 3, Pats 4. All right. We got to take a break. But when we come back, uh, we get some Super Bowl predictions. Yeah, we uh, round out at NFC East. We can go Super Bowl predictions and then run through this weekend's games. Sounds good. All that and more on Heavy Hitters when we come back. Heavy hitters, rolling on throughout number two here on the radio voice of Kutztown University, KR Kutztown, Jack I'm Mitchell Smedley. We're giving our NFL division predictions for this upcoming season. Then we're going to take a look at what we could view as a possible Super Bowl. And then, and only then, can we look at this weekend's slate of games, if time permits. Just want to thank everybody for tuning in. Uh, whether you're just tuning in or whether you've tuned in the whole two hours or however long you've listened to the show, very much appreciated from both of us. So we want to thank you for that. All right. Back to NFL. We were talking about the AFC East, how we vary on where we view the Jets and the Dolphins. It's time we go to the NFC East, my friend. Let's do it. And round this thing out. All right. I think we both uh, agree who's going to go last. Yeah, let's go fourth place. To first. All right. The Washington. Fourth place, Dallas Cal. No. <laughs> kidding. Washington, Washington Commanders. Commanders. Yes. In last place. New offense, Eric Bieniemy, the new OC for Washington. Ron Rivera, the same head coach, has been there for a while now. It's Still Sam terrible. Howell's offense. I like McLaurin and John Dotson out wide. Defense, okay. Nothing great. They're in last. They're clearly worse than the other three teams in this division. Correct. In third place, who do you have? I got your guys, buddy. I got the G-Men. I have the Dallas Cowboys. Yes! I love that. Oh, put it up. Let's go. Dallas in third. Dallas in third. I don't even think it's a discussion. Give me some reasons. You're going to see it week one, first of all. But I like, I think Daniel Jones is going to take another step forward. Had a good year last year, only threw five interceptions. He's a guy who's not like, he's not an elite quarterback, but he's not a quarterback who's going to lose you a game. He's not going to be a Dak Prescott who's going to throw 13 to 14 interceptions and have some games shaking your head like, huh, what is this guy doing? Why do we pay this guy all this money? Yeah, because he didn't deserve it. Uh, as a lot of the other quarterbacks in my mind who got paid boatloads of money, that's just how the quarterback market is. It's... Guys who I don't think should be getting paid $40 million a year that are, but that's just the way it is. Anyway, I like the Giants offensive line. Andrew Thomas, top five tackle, I think a top three offensive tackle in all of football. I like how they filled in the rest of that offensive line. Saquon Barkley, top of the league running back. Defense, we have Wink Martindale, second year DC for the Giants. I think they take another step forward defensively. I like Dexter Lawrence, sexy Dexy in the middle of that D line. We got Leonard Williams and some other good guys there. Secondary, I think it's going to take another step in the right direction. Linebackers, the whole team. I like the Giants. I think the Giants are the third best team in the NFC outside the Eagles and the 49ers. Wow. So, yes, I got Dallas third. I got the Giants in second, and I got the Eagles winning this division again. 
Wow. I said what I said. I said my piece. The New so York Giants. So we're going to have the first repeat champion in the in the division since 19 years ago, 18 years ago. Yep. That is crazy. Um, Eagles won, Giants two. I think that Dallas defense is pretty intimidating. Look, Micah Parsons, Demarcus Lawrence, good. Van Der Esch is decent. Trayvon Diggs is an interception fiend, but... You know, he also can lets get receivers burned. run free for 70 yards. You know, yeah, can look like a piece of burned toast uh, at other times. So, yeah, I don't know. And I don't like Mike McCarthy. I don't like Dak Prescott. Like I don't my, like them either. But. I like my boy I like my boy Tony Pollard, C.D. Lamb. but Pollard Express? Uh, yes, the Pollard Express, name of my fantasy team in the KUR League. All right, yes, Giants are second. I, I don't know. I just believe in the Giants this year. I love what Brian Dable's done. The Giants, the Giants are the third best team in the NFC, and they finished second in the division. Wow. Boom. Maybe they'll be in your Super Bowl pick. We'll see. We will see. But I got the Giants third. Uh, I think they're I think they're in the right direction. I think last year's playoff appearance should uh, give them something to build off of. Boo! Get some stones. Put them second. Nope. No, I'm kidding. I think the Cowboys are clearly better than them. <laughs> but You'll you know, find out week one when the Giants beat them by double digits. Narrowing. Ooh, okay. All right. I like it. Sunday night football. Yeah. That'll be fun. Yeah. The Giants are here. Okay. The Giants are here. All right, buddy. I'm feeling it. If that happens, Monday, I'll come in and say the Giants are here. Right now. Okay? That's all I'm saying. I am all aboard the Giants. That's all I'm saying. That's all I'm saying. I got confidence. It's good confidence. to have you back on the NFL train, buddy. I got my confidence. Because last year, we didn't hear much from you. No, I was not much into football last year, but something about this season... Feels different. Not just for my teams, but I'm just more into, more into the NFL this year. Yeah, man. I'm excited. Uh, and, of course, first place in the NFC East. Gotta have your Philadelphia Eagles. Um, clearly, I think, the best team in the NFC. Uh, I think the best team in the league. And that's the reason they're headlining my Super Bowl pick. I think it is the Eagles' year. I really, really am trying to convince myself there will not be a Super Bowl hangover. <sighs> we'll see. If they didn't lose the Super Bowl last year, I would be picking them out the wazoo. But... They did, and there's a risk of a hangover. I got to say it doesn't happen. Um, adding some studs like Jalen Carter, uh, Nolan Smith, bringing back some guys like Slay and Bradbury, Kelsey coming back as well. Um, you know, I just I really think it's going to be a great year for Philadelphia. Uh, it's a tougher schedule this year. That's definitely something to watch. I think the division will be closer, but I think the Eagles wind up on top. I think they get the first round by, and uh, yeah, I think we'll see them uh, in Super Bowl 58 as well. Okay, it's that time. We'll do our Super Bowl predictions, and then we'll spend the last 10 minutes of the show running through the weekend slate of games, Sweet. and we'll give our thoughts on them. Yeah, you know what? We're, we're going to give our picks, too. Why not? We're just doing all picks this week, aren't we? I love it. Okay, Super Bowl prediction, Mitch. We'll start with you. Oh, boy. I, I you said the Eagles. After Who are they much playing? deliberation. Who are they playing? I think... Oh, this was really tougher. I have two. So I have my pick of like logic and I have the pick with my heart. Um, Really, the pick with my heart is like my first logic, but I don't want it to be clouded. So I have like a backup pick, which sounds like a cop out. But the one I'm going on record with Eagles in a battle of the birds versus the Buffalo Bills. Super Bowl 58. Second pick I have, I think if it's not Eagles Bills. It is the 49ers taking on the Baltimore Ravens. All right. That's that's a little wild. Out of the box. It's out um, of the box. I try to not name the most 
bland picks you can have, Jack. All right, I'll go mine. Yeah, give me some picks. Out of the NFC. The San Francisco 49ers. Oh, come on. Come on. You know the Eagles are better. The game's going to be in San Fran when they meet in the NFC title game. I don't know about that. Even if, it doesn't matter. Eagles are going to whoop up on them. San Fran's going to win. They're going to go to the bowl. No. Keep dreaming. And they'll meet. Who are they going to meet from the (sighs) AFC? Going back and forth. From the American Football Conference. Do I want to go? Do I want to go absolutely off the rails here? Steelers? Jets? And say Steelers, but I'm not. No, you can't. I can't. Because I don't believe it. You don't believe it at all. I don't want to go the boring pick and go the Chiefs. I didn't. I don't think they're I don't think they're the pick this year. But I don't think the Bills are either. Give me the Jags. Ooh, I love it. I love that. Is it going to happen? More than likely not. No. But this is why the Super Bowl predictions, they're fun. Exactly. The chance of you hitting on this pick is like 0.1. Yeah. Probably higher than that. But I don't know. It's so tough to predict these things so far out. We're like, what? February, so that's like five months out. Yeah, give me the Jags. I'm, I want to have fun. I'm going the fun pick. Give me Doug Peterson, nice. Trevor Lawrence, nice. and the Jacksonville Jaguars to rumble onto the Super Bowl and meet the 49ers, where they ultimately will fall short. Oh, you think the Niners win? The Niners finally get over the top. Boring. Kyle Shanahan finally gets a Super Bowl. Christian McCaffrey's a champion. Brock Purdy becomes the story of the NFL in year two. No way. And the Niners will win. No way. Super Bowl 58. Jags Niners. It's going to happen. Nope. Mark it down. All right. Let's go into the uh, weekend slate of games. We'll go rapid fire predictions here. Round out the show. Uh, we varied. I said, uh, did you go Lions? Uh, I did. Yes, you did go Lions. I went Chiefs. Okay. Um, we can vary on that, but we do have a message from the KUR Notebook before we get into that. KUR has a lot of history behind it. From its inception as WKSC and WRKU to the reboot in 2005 to now, KUR History has got you covered. And if that interested you, go ahead and give KUR History a follow over on Instagram at KUR History and uncover the lore behind this long-running station. This message of community interest is brought to you by the radio voice of Kutztown University, KUR. Weekend slate of games. Talk about Lions Chiefs. We varied. I picked the Chiefs. Mitch picked the Lions. Let's go through them at the top. Niners Steelers. We both said San Fran earlier. I believe that's going to be our picks. Correct. Both go the 49ers. All right. Texans, Ravens, and Baltimore. You're very high on the Ravens. Gotta very go bullish. Ravens. You're going Baltimore. They're 10 point favorites. I have the Ravens winning too. Bengals, Browns. AFC North rivalry in Cleveland, Ohio. Battle of Ohio. Joe Burrow, Deshaun Watson. Who do you got? This one's close. I would. Uh, what's the line on this one, by the way? Bengals two and a half. Yeah, it, it is definitely. It's close. razor thin. Ah, uh, I, I don't think Watson is on to start the season. I think Watson has a strong showing as the uh, middle of the season and the late season uh, progress. But starting off early, I got to go with the Bengals. Got to go with the Bengals. Give it to Bengals. Yeah, we agree there. Bucks Vikings up in Minnesota. Not not too much time to waste in this one. It's going to be a uh, high scoring game. But give me, give me Minnesota. I got Minnesota. I don't think the Buccaneers put up much of a fight. Titans and Saints in New Orleans. First game with Derek Carr as a Saint. Yeah, this is a weird one. It is. I think the Titans are going to be a little bit better than people expect. No Alvin Kamara. 
So, um, this will be my my weird one of the week. I'll pick the Titans. Is it going to be the upset? Yeah, I think this will be my upset of the week. Them and the Lions to be your upset of the week. Yes. Which one's a higher spread? Chiefs minus four and a half. So okay. the Lions. Lions, your upset of the week yep. right now. You're going to go with the Titans to pull the upset anyway. Yes. All right. Panthers, Falcons in Atlanta. Got the Falcons. Yeah, I got the Falcons. Bryce Young, NFL debut. Take I don't some think it's particularly to, strong. Yeah, to take some time to, to find his footing. Give me the Falcons. Easing into it with a, a conduced playbook, all that all that stuff. So. Jags, Colts, my Super Bowl pick. Jags at EFC. Oh. I got to go Jacksonville. Jags are and they're gonna running run all over it. them. Yeah. Cardinals, Commanders, Nation's Capital. Not going to waste too much time. Give me Washington. Arizona's atrocious. Yeah, give me Washington as well. Broncos, Raiders at, in the Mile High City. Sean Payton gets his first win as Broncos head coach in week number one. I don't I don't dislike that. Yeah, I think Broncos uh, begin the revenge tour pretty well. I think they beat the Raiders handedly. Chargers, Dolphins out in L.A., and I'm going to go with my upset of the week, the Miami Dolphins. Three-point underdogs. Nice. Give me Tua and the Finns to take week one. Well, I guess we're both picking against our uh, – or actually – no, I had the I had the Dolphin. Yeah, I had the Dolphin second, and you had him third. So I guess we're both going against those uh, rankings in the short term here. I got the Chargers winning this one. I think this is going to be a good one for Justin Herbert and friends. Eagles, Patriots up in Foxborough. Always a tough place to play Don't in care. New England. Eagles. But I got the Eagles to win. Oh, yeah. It's going to be closer than people think, though. People think the Eagles might you know, It'll be a touchdown. run them off the field. Four points. New England will keep it close, but the Eagles will come out as victors. Like it. Final 4 o'clock game, Packers-Bears, a rivalry as old as time at Soldier Field. Jordan Love, first game with the Packers is the team being fully under his control. Justin Fields and the Bears are going to take another step forward, and I got the home team in a pick'em game. It's a one-point spread for the Bears. I kind of consider that a pick'em. Give me Chicago. Home field advantage plays a factor. I think Justin Fields and the offense do enough. It's going to be a dogfight of a game, but give me Chicago to come out on top. I got to go with Chicago as well. I think they're going to be strong this year. I think they. Uh, I think that starts this week. I think Justin Fields in his next year is going to be very uh, impressive. DJ Moore shows off. I think he gets in the end zone in his first game with the Bears. I lied. There's one more four o'clock game before we get to Sunday night. Rams Seahawks. Not too much time to go. I think the Seahawks run the fam- or the fans the Rams off the field. It's not even close. Cooper Cup's out yeah, week no one. Cooper Cup. Uh, so Tyler Higby, I think, is going to be Matt Stafford's number one target. Yeah, not much of a competition. Seahawks win. They win handedly. Yeah, give me the Seahawks by multiple scores. All right. Sunday night in the Meadowlands. It's the Cowboys and the Giants. Feel like they always meet week one. I don't. Dallas, three and a half point (laughs) favorites. But it don't matter. Because the New York football Giants will open the season at MetLife Stadium by beating Dallas and McCarthy back to Arlington. Arlington. Yeah. Do they play in Arlington? I believe. But I mean they are the Dallas Cowboys, so I thought they played in Dallas. But you uh, could you be right think. about that. Well, you're, you're the New York Giants, and where do you play? Okay. That's oh, fair. he doesn't want to talk about that. That's fair. That's fair. They should play in New York, but they play in Jersey, they and that's what it is. Yeah. They play in a dump of a stadium. Well, they're called the Dallas Cowboys. So <laughs> where do you play, bud? Well, they're named after a city, not a state. What New York is I'm sorry, is New York also a city? It's New York City, yes, but it's not the New York City Giants. It's the New York. Oh my. So, <sighs> am I giving you a headache? Yes. Um. By the way, if you couldn't tell, I'm going the Giants. I am going the Cowboys. I think they're better oh. than. I don't. I don't think you're. I don't think you get the pulse right on this game here, Jack. I don't think it's a double digit affair for the Giants at all. I never said the Giants won by double digits. Yes, you did. 
Oh, I did? Yes. Oh. Like earlier in the show. That, yeah, you know what I'm going year. with. The Giants win by 10. Giants are here, man. 31-21, Giants win it. Have fun with that. It's no. not happening. I mean, I'll, I'll eat it if I'm wrong, but I'll eat my words if I'm wrong. And like I said, I'll come in here and say the Giants are here if I'm wrong. 31-21, Giants win it. Nice. All right, Monday night, Bills and Jets right back at MetLife. Um, another primetime game. And uh, I got the Jets winning this one. I do not. This will be a 13-point um, victory for the Bills. The Jets, they're going to squash some of that hope, that that hype. I think the, the Jets. Jets' defense finds a way to rattle Allen in that offense. They don't come out of the gates looking as clean as they would hope up in Buffalo. Growing uh, pains for Rodgers. I think, I think the Jets' hype will be through the roof after this game, after <laughs> they win. I couldn't imagine. So Jets will be 1-0. I think they take it. It's a close one. Uh, I got the Jets by a field goal. Rodgers will struggle early in the season. I uh, do not have the Jets winning this. Like I said, he's going to be this year's Russell Wilson. Interesting take. I, I mean, I could see it. I could. Yeah. But I don't know. Something about my gut telling me the Jets are going to win it. So. All right. All right. There we have it. Great show. A lot of college football NFL talk. We yes, want to thank was. all of you for tuning in. Uh, stick around. My house coming up at 8 for tonight. Uh, throughout the rest of the week, some other great student prog- student-based programming here on KUR. Well, we won't be back till Monday, so have a great rest of your week. Enjoy your weekend. NFL football will be back tomorrow night. Lions, Chiefs, Thursday Night Football, great weekend of college ahead, and of course, the weekend slate of NFL games, so enjoy that. Um, And yeah, take care. Until next time, we'll be right back here on Monday evening, breaking it all down with you on Heavy Hitters.